Thanks for choosing to listen to the Cruise Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Lonnie, and this is episode 13, The Invisible Women. So this is one of those topics I've kind of caught some slack over in the past just because uh, people think that when you bring up, especially when you're a woman veteran, when you start bringing up stuff that women deal with on the veteran and military side that you're just complaining and that's never how I want to come off like I'm just complaining about what it was like to be a woman but I do feel like we deal with things differently we have very different experiences and there are experiences that other people are not going to understand unless they have gone through them themselves And so I know for a lot of the men I served with, they didn't really understand some of the barriers that I was met with until we kind of sat down and just talked about it after we got out of the service and we were just kind of reminiscing. And and they were kind of surprised because again, it's if it's not happening to you, sometimes it's hard to imagine that it's happening. So when I talk about being in the service as a woman and the stuff you're met with and the VA side and, uh, or just getting care and the veteran community and how things work like that. It's really, it's not meant to be a complaint. It's just to inform. It's just to create a perspective for those that maybe haven't had the ability to uh, maybe get one for themselves or whatever. So it's just coming from my experience. Obviously not every woman out there has had the same as me, but I can only speak for myself with this. And so I'm just sharing one perspective. But really what I wanted to always emphasize was that when I was in the army, really my goal was just to be treated like a soldier. And uh, like on the veteran side of things, I just wanted to feel like that service counted as much as like the next person. And prior to joining, I had several people tell me that the military was going to be easy simply because of me being a woman and that uh, really nobody was going to expect me to do well and that if I got myself into something, it wouldn't be my heart that hard to get myself out of it as long as I knew what I how to use what I had. And knowing that, I mean, that's not why I enlisted. I didn't enlist because I thought it was going to be easy. Like many others, I had things I wanted in life too. And I felt like I wasn't going to get them if I didn't have something like the military. I wanted to go to school. I had already been working on an associates, but there was no way I was going to be able to afford to go to university or anything like that. And I wanted to be able to fix my car that was falling apart. I had a lot of pride about being able to replace it myself. I didn't want anyone to do it for me. I wanted to be able to purchase my own home one day. I wanted to definitely get out of my hometown because I felt like I wasn't going to go anywhere if I stayed in it. And I saw a lot of my friends kind of getting stuck there and I didn't want to be like that. And really the biggest thing of all was that I just needed to find a purpose. I didn't have anything. I, I was living without much direction, even though I was in school I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And at that point, I was already like going on 22 and I was still like trying to figure it out. And so I spent a lot lot of time just out surfing, killing time, floating through life, I guess, just hoping that 
one day I would know or like wake up and know what I wanted to be. And it was after one of my friends left for the military that 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 seemed like in kind of a a situation that was like, oh, I, if I do this, it's, it seems like the only way I'm going to get these things because nothing else was working out. And on top of it, I grew up having a father that was a Vietnam veteran. He was in the army when he was younger. And uh, both of my grandfathers had served. My mom's dad had been in the army and my dad's father had been in the Marine Corps. Both served during World War II. And my Mom's dad also had a sister that had been a part of the Women's Army Corps during World War II. She was a whack. And so really from hearing their stories, I the last thing I expected was for things to be easy. The last thing I wanted to fulfill were any of those low expectations people held. And I definitely didn't want to be a part of any of those stereotypes that seemed to be based solely on gender. In the Army, I didn't want having rules and standards or circumstances altered or changed just to accommodate me. I wanted what I did to count. And it was never about being the best. I wasn't really there to compete. I didn't want to be better than everyone. I just wanted people to accept that I was there. And it was mostly about getting people to focus on my ability to perform as a soldier rather than obsessing over the fact that I just hadn't failed yet. During things like field training and deployments and PT, I always prefer to be integrated with the males. And when I was in, there were a lot of times when we were separated. Uh, if you go to like a JRTC or NTC rotation, women have their own tent typically. Uh, same thing with deployment. We were always kept in a separate building and, or a separate room. And the issue with that was that we, at the time that I was in, uh, especially during my deployment and during one of my uh, like training rotations when I was in NTC, we didn't have any women that were in like squad leader positions or even team leader positions or uh, any high rank really. And so the problem with not having any women in the leadership roles was that it was all the men and all the men being leaders meant all the leaders were in a tent that you were not in. And so the issue with that was that you would only re receive bits and pieces of information. You're separated, you're out of sight, out of mind. And there were times when I was going through training like for the female engagement team where you had part of the training that was just the women where you're learning about like cultural stuff, learning the language for the region you're planning on going to and stuff like that. And then you have the part where you're integrated with the infantry so you can learn how to uh, go into the villages with them and back them up or, you know, just train with them and whatever you got to do when the mission rolls around. And the problem I had was when we were separated and we would do some of that training that we were going to have to use with the infantry guys was that it seemed like it was a half-assed version of what they were receiving, really watered down training. And that not only meant that it was going to be harder to do our job or to keep up when we were finally integrated with those guys, 
but your chances of looking like a complete shit show dramatically increased. So it felt like you were kind of put in a situation where you were just set up to fail or set up to look really stupid. And as someone that stood just slightly above five foot one, uh, I knew what looking stupid <laughs> was like on a regular basis just because uh, I struggled with everyday tasks. It's just part of being short. And carrying gear that weighed as much as me was definitely tough on my frame. I was never one to hand over my stuff. I always made sure I carried my things, but it was tough. And, you know, riding in my truck, like anyone that was my TC usually got a pretty good laugh because I could barely reach the, the foot pedals on like the LMTV or the LHS. And so that was always a good laugh, but well, these basic everyday things posed kind of a special challenge for me, I always figured it out. I may have been small, but I had a lot of heart to make up for that. And I really just did not want to be the dead weight. So to not be that, I worked through many injuries and avoided crying at least long enough to uh, you know, save it for the drive home or whatever when you're alone. I ignored a lot of sexist jokes, even sexual harassment, uh, just because I figured if I didn't ignore it, I would be sabotaging my attempts to kind of blend in. I would ruin my ability to be seen as part of the team because unfortunately you're the one that's seen as the liability, not the people that are assaulting, harassing. It's the one that's telling on everybody. So uh, if you speak up, you, you know, nobody wants to be around you because they don't want to risk getting in trouble. And so I kept quiet about that stuff and I never expected any extra praise or to be rewarded for doing uh, something as simple as like scoring well on a PT test or shooting well, uh, surviving a deployment, going on the deployment, showing up to rotations and keeping up during ruck marches and spur rides and stuff like that. Because what I had hoped for was that, uh, I just didn't want my accomplishments to be belittled. And again, it was just to be accepted. I wanted my presence to be accepted if I could complete those things. But the problem was that when you do something well, like shoot or score high on a PT test, somebody always kind of shot down your efforts because those relaxed standards. And that was even considering if you could do more push-ups than everybody else, or you could do more sit-ups, or you were outrunning people, you were shooting better than them, uh, all these things, it always came down to, well, you only did good because you don't have to do that well to be, like have a good score. And so it was never actually looking at the numbers that you were doing, never looking at how uh, how well you actually did. It was just the fact that, oh, you did well. Well, it's because you're a woman and your scores are low. <laughs> so, And so that gets frustrating. And so no matter what, it just seemed like being a woman made it to where you were always considered the weak link, even if you weren't the weak link. And I know I was definitely not the toughest or most outstanding soldier by any means, <laughs> but I certainly wasn't the worst either. But when it when I say it feels like you can't do a damn thing right, I mean it feels like you can't do a damn thing right. And of course, I've heard the stories 
and all the rumors about the women that get pregnant to get out of stuff to avoid deployments or going to the field or school dates or whatever or they use their kids as an excuse to get out of everything and just miss every formation and every bit of training and every class and all this stuff like there's always an excuse or they make up injuries or they are the ones crying but more often than not I didn't see that happening like there it was pretty few and far between but it just took one person doing it to kind of ruin it for everybody else and because of knowing about those rumors and those stories I was one of those soldiers that put having a family on hold I served for six years in the army I waited till my last year in to have a kid and by then, like I'd already done all my rotations for training in my combat deployment, and I had already moved over from active duty to the reserve where I was doing nothing. Like I had no assigned job. I had no upcoming school or assignments. I didn't do anything. By being pregnant, I was simply missing out on like inventorying the tent, which we did every 10 minutes. So it was kind of like, is it really that big of a deal? And Still, as soon as my unit found out that I was pregnant, I was immediately pulled aside by an NCO and sat down and told that I was an absolute disappointment to the uniform and that he had thought that I was different from the rest just because I was having a kid, even though the guy that sat me down had like six kids of his own, you know, if I could have switch that up with my husband, you know, cool, that would have been awesome. I would have loved to still go to work and not be pregnant, but it doesn't work that way. But it was always that that person that has a ton of kids at home that's telling you that you're kind of a shit bag for having one. <laughs> and so that seemed pretty unfair, especially since I had done as much as I had already in the military before I got pregnant. And after I got called out for that, after that, every drill I showed up to, I was the source of entertainment for this NCO who would openly harass me in front of his Joes every single time I would pass. And he did this until my contract ended. So for the last like 10 months or so of my contract, I would have to deal with just just absolute harassment, just like getting ganged up on. I'm talking like being surrounded by 15 or more soldiers at a time where an NCO is just leading the pack and ripping you apart and still didn't cry about it. Even being a pregnant, emotional person, like, you know, I still kept it together and tried to keep my chin up and stuff like that, but it sucked. And to be getting harassed over something as simple as wanting a family was just ridiculous. And I never saw the males having to do anything like that. Like if they had, if their wife was pregnant, like every year, like I didn't see them getting harassed about that. And I never saw them having to defend their character. If they would receive a little bit of recognition for something or a promotion. Uh, it was like, if you got anything good as a woman, like, it was never because you worked hard for it. It was just like, who did, who do you know? Or who did you get on your knees for? Or something just disgusting like that. Like you couldn't just have gotten it because you put in the time and the effort. And uh, I never 
like some of the guys I deployed with, we would go out after we came back and try to cool off and stuff like that. And people would like tell them how proud of them they were for going on those deployments and praise them for this stuff. And I would have done the same deployment and served right alongside these guys. It wasn't like they were infantry and I was support. It, we were all support. So we were all working around each other. Uh, most of us were sitting in the same guard tower half the time and they'd be getting the praise. And I would be told that that deployment didn't count for me, that I couldn't even call myself a combat vet because of being supply, even though I did just as much or just as little as the guys sitting next to me that were getting like high fives from everybody. And, you know, I didn't see, I listened to male soldiers complain about PT not being equal. I listened to them complain about training not being equal, but it's like, they still didn't have to do PT with like a ruptured ovarian cyst or dealing with endometriosis or being pregnant that makes sit-ups and push-ups kind of fun. Uh, and I never heard a single male talk about being sexually harassed for simply trying to do their job. And I know when I got off the plane in Afghanistan, I didn't see any of the guys around me getting rape whistles. That was all saved up for the women I was serving around. And so in terms of those things that so many people believe that only happen to guys, such as like dealing with problematic spouses, worrying about Jody moving into your house while you're away. Plenty of females got to deal with that too. And so I really felt like we, we kind of got the shit into the stick a lot. As a veteran, I've been told more often than not that my personal sacrifices and my service to this country don't matter. They don't count. I didn't do enough. And even though I took my time in the military seriously and I pushed hard and I did my best to not cause problems, and I know plenty of other women that can say the same about themselves, we still ended up being placed in positions where we had to defend everything we accomplished in the military. Uh, we had to defend ourselves in the military and outside of it in the veteran community and amongst civilians. And Speaking of civilians, I'm surprised how far behind our society is still in recognizing that women have roles in the military. We are in the military. Like, stop being so surprised when you find out that she's the one that served. My first Veterans Day after leaving active duty, I met up with a buddy that I'd served in the same CAV unit with, and we went out to a restaurant that was doing the whole free Veteran Day meal thing. And we go in, we sit down and we tell the waitress that we're, we're there for the veteran day meal. And so she looks at my buddy, you know, and smiles and goes, absolutely. Thank you so much for your service. You know, all that jazz, like <laughs> all this praise and stuff. And then she turns and looks at me and goes, we only offer those meals to those that actually serve, not their family. And, and that was something I encountered often. I was always, it was always assumed I was the wife or just the one that didn't serve. At the VA, I've always, almost always been asked if I'm the veteran's wife when I'm standing in line or sitting in a lobby or something. I've actually been approached by veterans in the waiting room to be questioned about why I was there 
I've had other VA patients comment about how I look. And I even had one guy make the remark that the, uh, the guys I served with must have really enjoyed having me around. And that's kind of how it always was, like when someone would find out that you served, especially in something like a cavalry unit or were attached to one like I was, it's the idea that you were there for entertainment. You were there for their pleasure. You weren't there to do a job that was like for yourself or because you wanted to serve your country. It was because you wanted to serve the men around you, apparently. And... I've even had people come up to me while I'm standing in line at like a grocery store or something and I have a unit t-shirt on or like a veteran apparel company or something and they'll come up and tap on my shoulder and be like, make sure you tell your husband we appreciate his service. Like my husband served and all I got was this t-shirt. <laughs> like it's mine and just maybe, just maybe the teeny tiny t-shirt I'm wearing with a unit name on is actually something uh, that I served in, but I guess not. And to get care, uh, let me first start by saying that I understand the VAs come under fire a lot for neglect and improper care like that. I'm not, it's not lost on me. It's a well-known fact that many vets are still fighting for care, and it would seem that everyone has a situation going on at the VA, not just women, but we do get to deal with a whole other battle, and that's being taken seriously and just being seen. When I, wa when I walk into my VA, there are posters everywhere, especially in the women's clinic, where it says, you are not invisible. And it's referencing all of us female veterans. And then they forget that you're in the lobby or you still have people asking why you're there if you're the wife. <laughs> so, um, so you have all this stuff that says you're not invisible, but you are. <laughs> While I was a soldier, the game was proving your place. And as a veteran, it's trying to get fair and legitimate care. The majority of the doctors, examiners, therapists, you name it, that I dealt with when I first entered the VA healthcare system were men. And so I was often spoken to like I was a little girl. I was never spoken to by name. It was always like darling or sweetheart or pretty thing or something like, like just these labels that you're kind of like objectified or whatever. And I had service-connected injuries denied by examiners that held the belief that women don't do enough in the military to justify having legitimate disabilities. There is nothing we could have gone through that would lead us to be anxious or depressed or a PTSD or uh, even physical problems and stuff like that. Like, I legitimately came across male examiners that did not believe things like rape occur in the military, that sexual assault doesn't occur in the military, or it just doesn't affect you that much. Like you get over it. It's nothing. And I even had a male doctor crack a sex joke 
in front of me and touch me inappropriately at an appointment, the same appointment where he asked if I would like to disclose any military sexual trauma, which completely, I just wanted to get out of there. So of course I didn't bring it up. And so lo and behold, I have no disability claim with the VA regarding MST. I had to learn to just deal with it on my own because that was what I had to deal with. And so I wasn't going to put myself through any extra BS just to maybe have it considered. And I definitely didn't want to go open up that wound and have it rejected or denied. And so the greatest thing was having doctors blame my issues on things that came up later on. Like I will, I opened a couple claims as early as 2015. They didn't go anywhere. And then I tried to reopen them later on in like 2018. And then they would try to blame my problems on things like having had a kid, postpartum depression, stuff like that. Things that occurred years after the claim was initially submitted and opened. While others would just make the conjecture that I failed to adapt in a masculine environment and I'm just overreacting or being dramatic. The fact that some of us have no choice but to subject ourselves to constant ridicule or have our time and service downplayed just to attempt to get help seems a little unfair. And I know, I know, life's not fair. But when you already feel as though your sacrifices don't matter, that your time and service doesn't mean anything, and you're just worn down from constantly fighting to prove your worth and to make your presence known and to prove that like your pain exists and all these things, dealing with something like the VA, an entity like the VA can be devastating to your mental health. Because entering a facility with this expectation that you're gonna be helped but then just have your struggles dismissed. It's detestable. Like Just like when I enlisted, it felt like every problem that was unique to the women was not taken seriously. And every problem that was equal to what the men dealt with got ignored. From a psychological standpoint, it's crushing to be told that tons of services are available to you, but then you feel like they're not accessible or they're not welcoming, or things like what I've been talking about, where you have to go through all this BS just to get to it, and it's not worth it sometimes. It's rarely worth it. To not have your depression or your anxiety taken seriously simply because you're a woman is infuriating. To be treated as though you're just exaggerating your pain or you're just all out lying is disheartening especially after so many of us had to hide the fact that we had been assaulted or harassed during our service. After years of having to hold in all that pain and frustration, and now you're telling me I can't talk about it still, or I still have to hold it in. And then you feel like you're not welcomed by others. I mean, there's plenty of people in the veteran community that can make you feel like you're completely alone because they don't, they still don't feel like they're kind of like the examiners. They don't feel like you did anything of worth or you were just there for entertainment. There's plenty of people that serve in the military, plenty of men that don't believe women should be there. 
And so therefore, when it comes to the veteran side of things, they don't believe we believe or belong there either. I've often been made to feel like I'm not allowed to talk about my problems because there's that belief that that's all women have is problems. I remember when I first opened up about my struggles in my blog and I was just told to stop whining. But, but then when I tried to defend myself and defend what I was doing, I was told to stop being a bitch. I was told I need to go change my tampon and cry somewhere else, preferably not on social media. <laughs> It was courageous and brave for my brothers to open up about their pain and their service. But for my sisters and for myself, that was different. It wasn't brave or courageous. Not to a lot of people anyway. There's some people that feel that it is, but there's plenty that feel like you're just complaining or you're weak. You couldn't handle it. Or they use it as a way of saying, hey, you know, maybe women shouldn't be in the service if you guys are going to have these many issues as a veteran. Now, I recognize that things are changing, slowly but changing still. I know changes are being made at the VA. I mean, I saw the we're not invisible signs. I guess that's a change. <laughs> but uh I do more than anything recognize that more women veterans are speaking up and a lot of them are starting their own organizations and there's a lot of female podcasters out there a lot of people that are finally saying something and doing the just doing something about it. And I know there are other groups and organizations that are beginning to include us and uh, kind of accept us into their initiatives and their efforts and making us a part of their goals and that's awesome. But changes are still needed elsewhere. Changes still need to be made within the military. Changes still need to be made within the veteran and civilian communities. And I say that because of like some of this one-upping stuff we still do and crap on each other stuff where it's like where you've deployed, what job you had, what gender you go by or whatever, that shouldn't be what decides if you'll receive recognition or support. Because at the end of the day, we all sign that dotted line to serve our country. And while some of us may have had more heart than others, we were all willing to sacrifice. Whether that sacrifice was our time with family, our independence, our lives, So all that I ask is that when you decide to look out for your fellow vets, you do so by looking out for all of them. You listen to their stories. Stop ridiculing and just making assumptions because of who or what they are. Just stand by your brothers and your sisters. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more episodes from Cruise Corner, make sure to subscribe. You can listen to episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. If you would like to be featured on a future episode, please reach out to our Instagram page at cruise underscore corner.